Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. And welcome to the War Memorial Opera House and the San Francisco Ballet Meet the Artist program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. And you are lucky because I am in conversation today with the man who made San Francisco Ballet what it is, artistic director and principal choreographer, Helgi Thomason. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day. <laughs> On behalf of the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, which produces the Meet the Artist and other adult education programs, I'd like to thank you for coming today on this beautiful afternoon, the 12th of May, 2013. I'd also like to welcome our online listeners. Um, the podcast, the Meet the Artist interviews, rather, are available via podcast on our website, sfballet.org. We are a little behind schedule getting them posted because of technical reasons, so we do apologize. And we'll get them up as soon as possible. Keep checking through June. It may be then before you find everything you're looking for. But in the meantime, the website is full of all kinds of information, photos, videos, and the company's blog, Open Studio 455. So I'm going to tell you uh, just a little bit about Helgi Thomason, because we don't have time to say it all. If you'd like to know more, you can read his biography in your program, and there's a very detailed biography on the website. So as many of you know, Mr. Thomason became artistic director of San Francisco Ballet in 1985 after retiring from a 16-year career with New York City Ballet. As a boy, he trained in his hometown of Reykjavik, Reykjavik yes, right. <laughs> Iceland, and began dancing professionally at age 15 at the Pantomime Theater in Copenhagen's Tivoli Gardens. Two years later, Jerome Robbins arranged for him to study on scholarship at the School of American Ballet, the professional school of New York City Ballet. Um, Mr. Thomason began his U.S. career dancing with the Joffrey and Harkness Ballets. In 1969, he won the silver medal at the International Ballet Competition in Moscow. The gold medal went to Mikhail Baryshnikov. And in 1970, he joined New York City Ballet as a principal dancer. Among his arm's length list of awards and achievements, Mr. Thomason has received honorary doctorates from Dominican College and the Juilliard School, choreographic, special, and sustained achievement awards from the Isadora, dance, uh, Isadora Duncan Dance Awards, a Dance Magazine Award, and the Cultural Award of the American Scandinavian Foundation. In 2001, he was named an officer in the French Order of Arts and Letters, and in 2005, in honor of his 20th anniversary as artistic director of San Francisco Ballet, he was awarded the Lou Christensen Medal. So we're proud of him here, but Iceland's gone all out. He was named a knight and then a commander of the Order of the Falcon, and in 2007, he received the most prestigious honor, the Grand Cross Star, of the Order of the Falcon. So when he wasn't busy jetting around to accept awards or doing all the artistic director duties, he managed to choreograph 40 ballets. So, 
Did you ever think back in 1985 that you would bring this company up from a regional ballet to the internationally acclaimed company it is? No, I didn't have a clue. I had never directed a company before. Um, I had been very fortunate to work with some very great choreographers, particularly Balanchine and Robbins, and I spent 15, 16 years in New York City Ballet. And um, being in that company at that time, uh, which was, many people say, the golden age of New York City Ballet, choreographically, Balanchine was choreographing so many things, and, and so was Robbins. So I think what I took with me here was that legacy, that I knew what, what the best was. And um, I just tried to aim for that as I went along. I think your aim was pretty good. So I know this is kind of hard to do, but, but if you can, how would you describe San Francisco Ballet's role in the dance world at large at this point? and perhaps your role in it as well? I think um, we are definitely thought of as one of the major companies, um, not only in the States, but I think in the world. When, you speak, when I speak to my colleagues, particularly in Europe, directors, choreographers, they all refer to the San Francisco Ballet as being on the forefront of new works, creating things, being a very creative company and they all admire that, and, and sometimes they don't understand how I can even do all those new works, even though they are state-sponsored companies. Um, but we manage, and um, so I think we are very, very highly thought of as a company uh, around the world. I would imagine that puts a certain amount of pressure on you just to maintain what you've done and to keep kind of outdoing yourself. Uh, how do you deal with that? That's a good question. How do you deal with that stress and, and expectation? Um, yeah, I, I think you just do the best you can. I have to use my own judgment, what I think I would like the company to be, what the repertory should be, what challenges the dancers, what challenges you as an audience to see different things. Um, and. you're only as good as, as your last performance, we used to say as a dancer. And I think um, as a director, maybe I can say the same thing about you're only as good as your last season. So there's always on how can I better next year? How can I, or matched what I have done? And um, it's not an easy task and it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of thoughts going to, um, making a season, how it lays itself out. Um, and there are so many aspects that come into play. Is it, you know, visually, I think, of what is it gonna look visually to you? What is it gonna sound like you for the, from a from music point of view? So it does, and the whole evening doesn't sound the same. Um, and then, of course, the dancers dancing different roles and, and uh, in new things. What is sometimes very difficult is to plan a season and that it has maybe three, four, sometimes five new works that have haven't been choreographed yet, How, where do I put them? What do I put them up against? Um, and of course, you always take chances with new works. But I think it's more that I try to um, understand the choreographer and know who they are or she is and what their style is. And uh, I sort of go from there, just cross my fingers and. <laughs> hope that it's in the right place on the program. 
If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with artistic director and principal choreographer Helgi Thomason. Well, you've just entered into the territory of my next question because I did want to talk about programming. It's something that I hear people saying all the time, why can't we do this? Or why haven't we seen that in a while? And you are particularly good at it. Um, it's something you and I have talked about a bit, but uh, the, the UK's Guardian um, called you, uh, let's see, um, that said you were held in envy by the rest of the, of the profession for your, your ability to put together an evening of ballet. So beyond what you've mentioned, um, I know there are other factors, size of cast, um, I think you mentioned money. music, didn't you? Money, <laughs> you know. Uh, Funding, uh, so length of program, um, you know, there are so many things that go into, into um, play here. Um, but like I said before, it's, how can I say, I use my own judgment. Uh, I danced for a long, long time as a professional dancer, and I was very lucky. Um, I danced professionally, what, 20, 24, 25 years? And I had the opportunity to work with so many different choreographers. So one of my criteria making a program is, what if I came up to the theater and I knew the ballet was be being performing, and I would say, gee, I wonder what they're dancing. And so I, I think, wow, if I saw that and this is listed, that I would find that interesting. I would want to see that. Or, you know, I've never seen that ballet. I wonder what that is. But it would be that sort of, for myself, curiosity to see what that program consists of and how it lays out. So that's one of the, the criteria that I use, just experience. And do you take the, the audience into consideration, for example, um, because you, know, you see dance all over the globe, are San Francisco audiences different in, from audiences elsewhere? Do you think they have you know, certain kinds of tastes that you want to try to uh, cater to? Uh, it's a very good question because I think when we go touring, I sometimes have to think of uh, audiences are different from one city to another, their expectations. Uh, interestingly enough, I find that San Francisco audiences are open to new things, curious, um, which sort of reminds me of the Paris audiences. They like new things, they like different. London might be a little bit more conservative and, and want not so many new things or sort of what is that? But um, it, it just depends on the, on the cities. And, and uh, so I, I keep that in back of my head, but mostly when we go touring is to show what we have created here, which is unique to us, which is different from any other company, and to show off um, the wonderful dancers that we have in this company. So I think to me that is a, a very important part. It sounds like you're saying we have a pretty sophisticated audience here, and we're lucky for that. So what, um, just in a nutshell, and then I want to move on to Cinderella, what would you say is, is your, the best part of your job? <laughs> uh, there are so many good parts um, between the stress. <laughs> um, you can pick two or three. 
for instance, to see um, a dancer who has been steadily growing, uh, and all of a sudden, you just sense that something has clicked, that understanding of what he or she needs to do, and, and they, they do that. And sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it happened sooner than later to other dancers. But when you see that, going from that height, and all of a sudden they take a leap and become you know, a soloist or principals or whatever, um, that is, to me, is a very nice thing to experience. Also, in the same vein, to see a student coming out of the school into the apprentice program, into the corps de ballet, and see their growth and how, they well, how well they're doing. Um, that's, that's really, for me, a, a wonderful experience to, to see and, and be part of. So, um Today is the last performance of our sold-out run of Cinderella, and uh, this has been in the works for at least a couple of years. It's very com yes, about two years. Yeah. yeah, very complex to bring this kind of a ballet to the stage. So I wondered if if you could just talk a little bit about, um, you know, what your role is. Typically, you're pretty hands-off when you commission a choreographer. You you let them do what they want to do. Was that the case here? Yes, I do. Um, I engage a choreographer, and I don't, I don't dictate to them whom they have to use in their ballets. I find it over the years that the experience of letting them choose who they think is going to best convey what they want to show us on stage. Um, so it, if it happened to be a, a soloist instead of a principal doing a leading role or a corps de ballet or whatever, I don't stand in their way. Um, as for Christopher Wilden, he has done so many new works for us over the years, and, and I totally trust him. But that, uh, that progress was interesting because it's been about two years from when we started. And then last summer, he came here and started choreographing uh, the ballet. Since we co-produced it with the Dutch National Ballet, he did roughly about half of it here choreographically and then stopped for a few weeks and then he went to, to Amsterdam and continue and finish the ballet there, which would not be easy for any choreographer because all of a sudden he's working with totally different dancers than he's been choreographing the first half of the ballet on. But it worked, he did it. Uh, I'm not sure he wants to do that again, <laughs> but I think it was a great experience for him uh, in both places. And uh, I went over there um, to see the premiere last December, and, and the same as here. It was a huge success. People just loved it. So um, Christopher did something very, very beautiful for us and the Dutch. If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with artistic director and principal choreographer Helgi Thomason. So yeah, I, Chris talked about you know what a wonderful chance this was to really do something on a very collaborative level. But this kind of ballet with this kind of production design is hugely complex. So it was difficult for Chris with all the back and forth, but how about for, for you and the, and the production staff and everyone else? Did it complicate things even more? 
maybe a little bit. I did send uh, two couples over to Amsterdam for a few weeks while he was choreographing a second half so they could be part of that. And I sent my uh, production manager also over there to, towards the end to see how it all came together. So when we brought it here, he, he knew what to do and what to expect. But it is a, a, a big production, uh, very imaginative, beautifully to look at. And um, what can I say? You will see it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. And it's a different take on, on Cinderella than that I had ever seen before, which again goes into very much what I like to do. I like to look at uh, sometimes older classics, but maybe just look at them in a different way, more up to date, so it doesn't always look so and become old fashioned looking. It, even though it's beautiful old ballets, they should have uh, a certain newness to them because dancers dance differently now than they did 40, 50, 100 years ago. And I think that's what has to be ta taken into account also. And uh, something like being Swan Lake or, or Sleeping Beauty or, or Cinderella, they should not become museum pieces that we say, oh, okay, you know, we have seen that over and over again. Approach it in a new way. Tell, it, tell the same story, but in a new way. Um, different costuming, different sometimes choreography. And I think that um, keeps the art form alive. And I think also it will, I hope, attract more young people to come and see the ballet, which I think we are very good at. So just looking to next season, we have three world premieres uh, coming up. You are doing one, and Val Canaparoli, and someone new to San Francisco Ballet, um, Liam Scarlett who is, at 26, an artistic advisor uh, at the Royal Ballet, where he used to dance. That's along with Christopher Wilde and, and Wayne McGregor. Um, so I was just curious what made you want to bring him here to work with the company. Did you see the piece he did for the, his first piece? I have seen, yeah, sorry. I had seen a, a DVD of a, a, yeah. one of his works. Yeah. Asphodel Meadows, was that the one? Uh, yeah. I believe, I believe so, yeah. That's the one he did for the Royal in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I knew right away that this was uh, a major talent that needs to have uh, uh, opportunity to choreograph as much as possible right now and get going. Um, he already stopped, decided to stop dancing because he wants to choreograph. Um, so for that reason, I, uh, I asked him to come. And... Uh, I think when you look back, there were many instances that I did this, like with David Bentley, for instance. He came for a few years in a row, and then he became an artistic director and didn't have time for us anymore. Um, and there were a few others. But So this is in the same uh, vein that I have always done. I look for something new, something interesting upcoming. Well, you have such eclectic taste in music. I was looking back over your repertory and, and all the music you've worked with, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing what you pull out of the hat this time. The other thing I'm really looking forward to personally is the, the trilogy by Alexei Ratmansky, which is three Shostakovich 
pieces. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, again, we are um, co-producing with American Ballet Theater. Uh, it is uh, Alexei's, um, I think, love affair with Shostakovich, which he has used before in his choreography. And there are going to be three pieces, um, Symphony Number no. 9, the Chamber, and the Piano Concerto Number no. 1. So there are going to be three different ballets, in a sense, a little bit like Balanchine's Jewels, if you think of that. There were three, it was a full evening, but it was in three different sections. And this would be the same, and each, each um, section, ballet, whatever you want to call it, would have their own set of principles. In other words, there's not the ones who are in the first one, who will also be dancing the, the second or third. It's, there are three different um, works. And that's going to be very exciting to see. He has already, the Ballet Theater premiered the first one, number nine, um, in their last Met season. And he has now finished the chamber uh, and uh, is currently finishing uh, the piano concerto, which will premiere uh, in New York on the 31st of, um, of May this year, so I will go and see that. And then they will send somebody from Ballet Theater this summer, teach the whole thing to us, and we will perform it next, next season. I'm gonna open this up to your questions now. So, somebody right there. The question is, can we do Capella again, please? <laughs> yes, we can. Um, I only have eight programs available to me in this opera house, and there's so many more things that I would love to do each season that I can't do everything that I want, what I would like to do, so it's a matter of choice. And, uh, you know, maybe I might delay something like that one more season because something else is coming in. Um, like a new Cinderella. <laughs> so, uh, no, but we will definitely uh, bring that back. Yes. Mr. Thomason, I just, it's not really a question, it's more of just a thank you for doing uh, Borderlands again next year. Uh, I think for as far as like a season goes, it was the most electrifying uh, performance that's memorable. Uh, so I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I saw multiple times each performance was more rapturous Thank you. Thank you. That, that was a thank you for doing Borderlands and again next season. So come back. Yes. The question is why the collaboration with Dutch National Ballet on Cinderella? Um, <laughs> they needed a partner to. Uh, be able to do, it, it's very expensive. So uh, that's really the first and foremost question, can we find a partner to undertake or split the costs? And I think in this particular case, that was the reason. Um, as you probably know, everything is handmade 
all the scenery, all the costumes, all the toe shoes, everything. So um, sometimes uh, it's just too much of an expense for one company to take on. So that's the reason. Will Cinderella be going to New York? Yes, in her carriage. She will, she will. <laughs> Definitely. She's asked a very complicated question about how pairings work out for couples, principal couples. Uh, yes, sometimes it has to do with height. You know, um, and I know about that because I was not a very tall dancer and I couldn't dance with some of the ballerinas that I would have loved to have danced with. So uh, that's part of it. Uh, and. Um, there's, there are some dancers that can dance with, with multiple partners and, and sometimes there are some that just something clicks, they, they work well with that person. So um, if it works in the sense of what the ballet is about and how, how they dance, that's, that's basically how I cast them. Yes. The question is about the difference in style of dancing between now and 40, 50 years ago. I'm, I think the question was about the difference in New York City Ballet then and now, or, or were you talking generally? Okay, so I guess generally, yeah. I think generally I find it has changed in the sense of um, I can speak for myself in this company. We have a lot of freedom of movement, which I like. I like the dancers to feel free, to move big, cover space. Um, it, it wasn't always the case like that. And um, it was sometimes, it, depending on what company we were watching, Sometimes they would get very sort of rigid, and, 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 but that was their style. Um, there is another thing is that I think dancers today have so much more opportunity to, or we have take better care of them with all these, um, not only Pilates and, and, and therapy, physical therapy, uh, we have doctors here if they need somebody. So I think that, that's one thing. And, um, I would say mostly that it has to do with, uh, when, you, when you think of, let's say, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, um, a lot of ballets were created in the sense uh, for the stars, for the two leading, and, and the corps de ballet was sort of the frame around the, 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 the couple. Now, the corps de ballet is, level is so high that it's higher than some of those quote stars were at that time 
So choreographers get very intrigued and want to use the chord ballet more because they can do all those other things. And um, which sort of sometimes blurs the, uh, you know, between a chord ballet soloist, you know, and, um, and some people say about this company, gosh, they're all soloists, you know. Well, maybe you, could, you can say that in many ways, but I think that's really what the big difference is. I don't know if this answers your question or not. Okay. We can squeeze in one more if it's kind of a short question and a short answer, yes. Is there a qualitative advantage to doing a collaboration as we did with Cinderella and Dutch National? Do you get a, do you get a better production? No, we, basically we set out to see what would it cost. We cost it out. And maybe for one company that is too much of a, of a price. We can't afford that. So you look for somebody else to share the cost. Just because there are two companies doesn't mean that, oh, now we have a lot more money and now we can spend more. Uh, no, we still have to stay with, with what it was budgeted for. So I don't know. Is that what you wanted to know? Is it, is it a better production than it could have been because you're sharing the cost so the, so the quality is higher? Um, no, I think if, if Christopher Wilden had done this production for us only, it would still look the way it is looks now. I think that, or if he had done it for, for Dutch National and not having us involved, it would be the same production. And, um, and I think maybe the only thing I could possibly say, Christopher has worked so much with this company, I think dancers, he knew the dancers, they inspired him. Um, when he went to Dutch National, he had not really worked very much with them or very little, so he almost had to sort of learn to know them uh, before he could choreograph. But I think he had a certain vision what he wanted, and um, just because they were over there, he, I don't think he changed his, his ideas about it, no. We are out of time. I would like to thank you all very, very much for coming today, and thank you, Helgi Thomason. Thank you. Thank you.